says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And it goes on from there, and we'll cover what it says after that in just a moment. I want you to notice some things. This is a passage you've heard me quote many times. We sing a song here. My wife recorded a song. It was on the radio this morning. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Why don't you sing that with me? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let all that is within me bless his holy name. Can I say, if singing praise to the Lord on a personal level is unusual to you, you're missing out on something. And I would encourage you to do that. Okay, so notice something in this passage that you've heard me quote many times, and we've sung that song many times. I want you to notice, first of all, that David... David's talking to himself. He said, oh, my soul. He's talking to himself. So notice, first of all, David speaks the truth to his own soul. Would you turn over to Luke chapter 12? Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to join you there in a minute because I want you to see something very interesting. David speaks the truth to his own soul. God likes to be close to the person who speaks the truth to his own heart. You know there are people in this world who lie, but they very rarely tell a lie with their lips. What? Yeah, they're telling lies to themselves. God says, I like to be close to... Read it for yourself. It's not in Luke 12. It's in Psalm 15. God likes to be close to people who speak the truth to themselves. Pastor, give me an example of somebody lying to themselves, okay? You telling yourself all the time that nobody likes you. That's a lie. That's a lie. How do you know it's a lie? Well, first of all, I like you. But you know it's not just... It's, there's other people in your life that like you. There's people in your life that love you. So you're lying to yourself, and God loves you. You telling yourself that you're a loser. You're not a loser. Don't tell yourself you're a loser. You're lying to yourself. All right, so God likes people who speak the truth, but not just with their lips. It doesn't begin with your lips. It begins in your heart. You've got to speak the truth to yourself. So David here, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. David is talking to his own soul. That is so awesome. Have you ever noticed that before? He's talking to his own soul. David speaks the truth to his own soul. Now, you're in Luke chapter 12. Let me show you something there that's uh, quite remarkable, I think. Luke chapter 12, and let's look at verse number 16. And Jesus spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within in himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul... Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. So so what's that got to do with what we read? Okay, in Psalm 103, David is talking to his soul. 
And he's telling his soul what God, what would please the Lord. This guy's talking to his soul. But this guy's telling his own soul, you're in good shape, buddy. You're all set. You're doing great. So we have a contrast here. Two people that are talking to their own soul. Now, by the way, we all talk to ourselves. But this is more than just talking to yourself. This is giving instruction to your own soul. And one of these guys is giving instruction to his own soul saying, listen, don't forget what God requires of you. The other guy's talking to his own soul saying, you're in good shape, buddy. You're, you, you, you're the man. And God, by the way, the Bible calls that attitude being wise in your own conceit. And it says there's more hope of a fool than the man, than there is of the man who's wise in his own conceit. And oddly enough, right there, it says God says to this man who's wise in his own conceit, who's patting himself on the back saying, you're great, you're awesome, you've got it together, you're, you are the man. God says, thou fool, because you think you've got it all together, but you haven't paid any attention to what I say, God says. So there's a contrast there of two guys talking to their own soul, and David clearly is the one that God is pleased with. So David speaks the truth to his own soul here. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hey, soul, wherever you are, where do you look when you talk to your soul? The mirror, I guess. Hey, soul, bless the Lord. And in case you didn't hear me in verse 1, hey, soul, verse 2, bless the Lord. David speaks the truth to his own soul. I want you to notice this also, that David reminds his soul of his daily responsibility to God. You say, well, I don't see anything in there about daily. Well, if you went to Psalm 144, you'd see that, it, that David says, every day will I bless thee. So when David's talking about blessing the Lord, He's talking about it on a daily basis. We know that that's what he has in mind because that's what he says in Psalm 145. So David reminds his soul of his daily responsibility to God. I mean, I just see this thing of, of every day looking in the mirror saying, Hey, buddy, don't forget. You need to bless the Lord today. You need to bless the Lord today. You gave yourself all kinds of reminders to this week. Hey, don't forget. How many of you, you're in school and you had a test of any kind, a quiz or a test of any kind this week? Raise your hand. Okay, several of you. How many of you, you're in school and you had homework that uh, you had to get done, you had to turn it in this week? Okay. How many of you had a bill of any kind you don't have to admit whether or not you paid it, but the due date, the due date for that bill was sometime this past week. How many of you? Okay. Just about everybody in the room raised your hand to one of those. So you reminded yourself of things this week. Don't forget to do this. No, I can't keep up with it all. My brain doesn't work that well on those kind of things. So I carry this little book, and then I forget where I put it. There it is. <laughs> I carry this little bit book. Don't, don't forget to call this person. Don't forget to show up here. Don't forget to get this done. You know something I have to admit I've never put in my book? Don't forget to bless the Lord today. Do we remind ourselves, hey, bless the Lord. And they say, well, what does that mean, bless the Lord? It means that David wanted God to look at him 
and say, you know what? He makes me happy. That's the word blessed means happy. So it means that we are pleasing the Lord. We're making him happy. David wanted God to look down at him and say, boy, he makes me happy. For you to bless the Lord means that you are living in such a way. And, but it's not, just a, it's not just a lifestyle. It's particular action. That you are taking on-purpose action to cause God to say, man, she made me happy. Oh, he made me happy. You say, well, how do I know that God's saying that? Well, that's a life of faith, and you base it on his word. You do the things that the, word, that the Bible says pleases him, and then you know that when you do them, God says, that makes me happy. And praising God always makes God happy. Obedience always makes God happy. And there's a number of things, and that's a different message. But the fact of the matter is, David here, when he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, he's speaking the truth to his own soul, and he's reminding his soul of his daily responsibility to God. Third thing I want you to notice here is that David demands that his whole being give its full attention. To God, he said, let all that is within me bless his holy name. Well, I, I'm, honestly, I, I, I have to work on this. I work on it all the time. That I'm not giving God partial blessing. You know, I love to praise God while I drive. I love to sing praises when I, his praises while I drive. But the fact is, I can't praise him with all that is within me while I drive. Because part of what's within me has to keep my eyes on the road. Part of what's within me has to watch for you pulling out in front of me. <laughs> part of what's within me has to watch for Sean. He's trying to, you know, and watch for that black and white car. Part of what's within me has to be focused on. But you know what? When I go alone and I leave this out of reach and it's just me and God. Now, sometimes there's distractions. But the other, the other day, I'm not kidding you. I have this, this rock where I kneel. Those of you guys that have been on Saturday night, you've seen that rock where I kneel in the morning, just about every morning. And I kneel there. And so I was kneeling there a couple of weeks ago. And I'm, not, and I'm trying to focus. with. I'm trying to do all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I don't want an ounce of distraction. And a chipmunk came and ran under that rock. Now, I know chipmunks are not ferocious, and he's not going to bite my head off or anything like that. But you try focusing when you're bowing and leaning on a rock, and a chipmunk just ran in there. It's, it's, it's not easy to focus. Like, what's he going to do? You know, I, I, okay, I'm a big guy. He can't hurt me too bad, but I still don't want him, you know, like running up my pant leg or something. So, um, But I'm saying all that is within me. David demands of himself that his whole being give its full attention to God. Listen, listen. That is a high standard of worship. Try all that is within you, blessing God's holy name with no distractions. 
I can't tell you the battle of when I try to get in silence before God and all of a sudden I'm thinking about, oh man, was that today I was supposed to meet so-and-so down at the... Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I forgot. Lord, all that is within me, bless your holy name. Oh God, praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Oh man, is today the fifth? Oh boy, I forgot the fifth. I got to... I mean, has anybody else ever had that experience? It's like you try to focus before God, and that's when you are just, your mind is bombarded with all these distractions. That's a high standard of worship. All that is within me. By the way, let me tell you something else. If all that is within you blesses his holy name, there's no room for bitterness. If you carry bitterness to the place of worship, then all that is within you is not blessing his holy name. There's no room for there's no room for a critical spirit. There's no room for that checklist or that clipboard that you have in your heart that is assessing everyone else's actions. And you know what? We all have that checklist. We all have that clipboard. But that clipboard needs to go. I don't need to assess everybody else and say, what are they doing wrong? What, what is she doing that I disagree with? What's, what do they got going on in their life? That I, th- there's no room for that. If that's in my heart, then all that is within me is not blessing his holy name. But if your heart will be filled with all that is within me blessing his holy name, the other stuff will go. You know, you know why we hang on to that stuff? Because we're afraid somebody's going to sneak attack us. So you know, if I'm not keeping my eye on Brother Steve, well, I know how underhanded he is. He's going to sneak up and, and his, he's going to bite me because I just know he's doing stuff behind my back. And if I can't let go of that and worship the Lord, I'm not worshiping the Lord with all that is within. I'm not blessing the Lord with all that is within me. You know what the Lord wants me to do? He wants me to give Brother Steve to God. Lord, you, you, you know how mean and vicious and hateful he is, but I'm just going to give it to you, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to let you take care of him. And so, Brother Steve, I'm not worried about you anymore. So, um, amen. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? We, we let all this junk in our heart and we there's no way you can bless the lord with all that is within you when you have all this garbage in your heart but on the other hand if you want to get rid of the garbage just let your mind and your heart and your mouth be filled with blessing the lord you sing to the lord it'll drive the garbage out I want to say that about 10 times, but we don't have the time. I want to say, sing to the Lord, it'll drive the garbage out. Sing to the Lord, it'll drive the garbage out. It'll flush it out. Last statement here. Number four, I said, first of all, David speaks the truth to his own soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He says it twice. David reminds his soul of his daily responsibility to God. David demands that his whole being give its full attention to God. All that is within me. Then this thought. David, in these verses, demands that his soul not miss a single detail of God's goodness. It says, bless the Lord, verse 2, O my soul, and forget not all 
his benefits. When you go to bless the Lord, don't miss anything. Make sure you touch all the bases. We are so ungrateful. How many times do we, it comes, it comes time to give thanks to the Lord in some context, whether it's church or your uh, Sunday school class or even around the table at home. Who has something that you want to give God praise for? And how, how ungrateful are we? I, I can't think of anything good. I didn't win the lottery this week. Uh, I didn't get a promotion at work. I didn't get a new car. And uh, so I can't think of anything. <laughs> you really? Forget not all his benefits. And then David does us a favor and he lists a few. So let's look at David's list and we'll be all finished. And we're not going to spend a lot of time here. But notice he gives six examples. Number one, forgiveness, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. We don't value forgiveness because we don't understand just how horrible and awful our sin was in the sight of God. We revolted against our maker. We were condemned to hell. Can you imagine if somebody sat right here in this seat this morning and they, were on, they had been on death row? I'm talking about they were sentenced to to die. They had set the date they were going to sit. I don't know if they do the chair anymore, but they were going to sit in the chair and they were going to be electrocuted. And for, for no explainable reason, they were pardoned. And they were pardoned yesterday. And they came to church today and sat right here. And I said, uh, who, who has a word of testimony? And this guy says, yeah, I would like to testify. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was sentenced to death. And I was supposed to die last night at midnight. And yesterday the call came that I had been pardoned. And I'm here today. How many of you think that we'd look at this guy and say, man, do you understand how grateful you ought to be? You're supposed to be toast right now. Do you understand how grateful you should be? I say to you, you and I were condemned to eternal punishment in hell because we revolted against our maker. You want evidence that you have revolted against your maker? You don't think you have. He says you have and you don't think you have. There's the first evidence. Here's another evidence. His name is your favorite curse word. Why is it that we're so quick to, uh, I don't even like to say it even by way of illustration. I, would, I can't stand, oh, I'm getting off track. I can't stand the, the F word. I hate it, but I'd rather hear the F word than to hear somebody use the name Jesus Christ as a curse word. Amen. I've never in my memory corrected anybody for using the four-letter word. I generally stay away from places where that's common practice. I don't remember, well, I do remember a few occasions, but... but um, Rarely have I done it, but there have been plenty of times where I've said to somebody who used the name Jesus Christ as their curse word of choice. Could you please not? I remember a lady one time at work who was going on a tirade against people who don't respect other people's feelings. I'm sitting there doing my job, and she's going, and, but every sentence she said had Jesus Christ in it. So I let her, and she had a British accent. That's got nothing to do with anything. It just helps me remember the story. This is 15, 20 years ago. So she's talking, 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 using the name of Jesus Christ and, and uh, talking about how, you know, people ought to be, treat other people nicer, respect their feelings, respect their beliefs. So she finally shut up. 
And I was at a job. There's about 20 other people around me where I never talked. And so she finally showed up, and I, I, I think her name, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, Laura. I don't know why, but I remember that. But I said, Laura, can I ask you a question? And everybody stopped working because I never said anything. They were like, he spoke. <laughs> I said, you know I'm a Christian, right? She said, yeah. I said, you, you know that I'm a preacher, don't you? She said, yeah, I do. I said, how come I got to respect everybody else's feelings? But you've used the name of Jesus Christ as a curse word about 40 times. She totally shut up. She said she's sorry. She said, in a British accent, I didn't even think about that. I don't do a good British accent, but I was just trying to paint the picture. I, I, I should have Jared do it for me. Where is Jared? Anyway, um, but uh, I, I didn't even think about that. I'm sorry. And she shut up. Why is it that we love to use the name? You know, why not... Um, you know, any Bill Smiths in here? Bill Smith! You know, how come? Why, why not that? Uh, why, why the name? Because it's the, the hatred and the rebellion that we have in our heart against God. That's why. Uh, there's all kinds of... Do you know this? If you were not rebellious against God, you wouldn't know how to lie. If you had not and I had not sinned against God, we wouldn't know how to disobey authority. It is so ingrained in us to break the rules. We were doing some, some final shopping for the Sunday dinner last night, and so my job is to drive. So I drove. I dropped Amy off. Now, shop right down here is where we were doing our final shopping. And uh, my wife knows, and many of you know, I have two, well, I have a bunch of shopping pet peeves, but my two biggest ones, number one, people who drive across an empty parking lot across the lines you're going you're gonna to hit me, and I'm going to be mad about it. But, but even more than that, people who go in on purpose, the outdoor. Oh, you got to be kidding. I was watching last night. I dropped Amy off at the indoor, and then I drove down to the outdoor because if you ride with me, you have to come out the outdoor. You know what I'm saying? You're not getting a ride home. So I drove down to the outdoor to wait for her, and I'm not kidding you. Now, when it was a and P, I'm really getting off track here. When it was a and P. The doors would open for you, even though it was the exit. ShopRite, it won't always. I've watched it. People stand there and try to set the thing off, and it won't open. <laughs> Kudos to the ShopRite people. God bless them. But I watched person after person last night. It says, no entry right there on the door. Walk up to the door, stand and wait for someone to come out. So the doors would open. And, they, and by the way, when the doors open and they walk in, the person coming out the exit door had to wait with their fully loaded carriage so that this person could break the rules and walk in. Why is this so set in our hearts to, I just have to go in the outdoor. I, you won't do it today, will you? Um, I just have to go in the outdoor. Some of you will just because I say, oh, yeah? Watch. I'm going to start going in the outdoor. Here's what I'm saying. No, that's not a major crime. It's not a felony. should be, but it's not. <laughs> Why is it in us, though, to just find a way to break the rule? If we were not rebellious against God, we wouldn't have that desire. We wouldn't have the desire to break the rules. Man, I spent way too long there. But listen, we just don't understand how awesome it is that we've been forgiven. Forget not all his benefits. It says forgiveness. Second, his, uh, he mentions health, who healeth all thy diseases. 
I'm all for medicine. I'm all for doctors. I'm all for uh, everything that they can do that, that, that helps us heal. But don't ever forget, God's the healer. So when healing comes, yeah, you can say, oh, boy, praise the Lord for Pepto-Bismol. Yeah, but thank God for God. He healed you. Oh, thank God for a leave. Thank God for, you know, antibiotics. Thank, yes. But how about thank God for God? He's the healer. He's the healer. Who, uh, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. That's not just talking about salvation. It's talking about deliverance. How many times did God save your neck this week that you weren't even aware of? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. Do you know what loving kindness is? Loving kindness is the Old Testament word for grace. Grace was not, is not a large concept spoken of in the Old Testament, but loving kindness is. And loving kindness is the Old Testament saying. So what we're talking about here is grace and mercy. Grace is God giving you what you absolutely do not deserve. Mercy is God not giving you what you do deserve. His grace and his mercy. We have all kinds of things to bless the Lord for. Verse number 5. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Oh, man. How many of you, all right, I won't tell, I won't tell your, your you know, dietician or whatever. How many of you had any kind of candy or cake or pie or anything sweet this week at all? Raise your hand. Yeah. How many of you this week had something that you said, that is one of the best things I've ever tasted? Now, that doesn't happen often, but maybe this was the special week where that, you said, this week, you just so happened this week, that was one of the best things I've ever tasted. That, what was it, Bruce? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I picked you because I love bread. Praise the Lord. He satisfied your mouth with a good thing. I told my Sunday school class, don't forget that the 15% of the world will spend a good part of their day today just looking for drinking water. And a lot of when they find drinking water, it's drinking out of a mud puddle. That's not real. Don't make that up. You look that up for yourself. That, that is a, an established fact. 33% of the world does not have access to modern toilet facilities. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying you should thank the Lord every time you flush, but once in a while, you could, man, Lord, thank you for indoor plumbing. He satisfies your, your mouth with good things. Last one it gives, and we're all finished. It says, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Last, thing, last example he gives is strength. Strength. So you could make this list, and, and you, you'd have plenty to thank God for right there. Forgiveness, health, deliverance, grace and mercy, good things, and strength. Today, in just a few minutes, many of you are going to go over and you're going to feed. And don't forget, uh, for, for some people in that room, we don't know who they are, but there'll be some people in that room in a few minutes that the only Thanksgiving meal they'll get is going to be today. Now, there are others. There are other groups that serve Thanksgiving meals. I heard, I may even tell the folks this today, I heard on the radio that the Three Brothers Diner on White Street is serving free Thanksgiving dinner one to four on, on Thursday. So maybe you want to stop off there on your way to grandma's house and get a free Thanksgiving meal. I thank God there's other places that are, but somebody in that room today, this is the only Thanksgiving meal they're going to get. 
Man, we've got it good. We've got it good. Bless the Lord. Let's sing. Now let's stand.